Thank you for listening to Kingdom Dynamics. You are a new creation Christian, which means you stand in heaven and on earth at the same time. You're actually a spirit man that'll live forever, wrapped in a body. As you see what the Father's doing and do it, as you hear what the Father's saying and say it, you literally bring heaven to earth. I'm here to release you to be who you really are. Enjoy listening and don't forget to share it. Hi and welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan here in Melbourne and God has really put it on my heart to seek first the kingdom of God. It's so easy in church to not seek first the kingdom of God, to get caught in religion. As Jesus said to the Pharisees, you seek my me through these scriptures that you've memorized, but here I am standing in front of you and you don't even know who I am. And Jesus said that these Pharisees locked the, the door to, to the kingdom in men's faces not allowing men to enter and not entering themselves. He called them blind guides, not able to know where they're going and leading other people into a ditch. You know, Jesus said that the kingdom is a real place. Isaiah chapter 9 says that the kingdom is a government. If you think about it, a kingdom is not a democracy. It's not a church. It's not a religion. In fact, heaven and earth exist inside of the kingdom of God. The body of Christ exists inside of the kingdom of God. In fact, the body of Christ, the church, won't exist for eternity. The church is only a temporary thing because we know from Revelation that we are going to become kings and priests. We are going to become one with Jesus Christ, that the that the church is going to become one with Jesus and the Father on earth, and it's going to be the new Jerusalem. So we're going to be be living together in this new Jerusalem, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the church all together as one. Now this gets us back to the dominion mandate of God. Religion has blinded most of your Christian eyes to seeing the kingdom of God. And that's not a surprise. Jesus said that the devil will come to steal the seed that was sown. The seed is the seed of the kingdom. It's not the seed of the the Bible. It's not the seed of salvation. It's, it's the seed of the kingdom. Now, Jesus Christ himself was the seed of the kingdom. Jesus Christ himself was the kingdom. Jesus Christ himself is the king of the kingdom. Jesus Christ himself is the imperishable seed, the Word that became flesh. The Word isn't the Bible, 66 books, Genesis to Revelation. The Word is a person. The Word is alive. The Word is truth. Now, the things that I'm speaking to you are spiritual things, but there's some very practical things that we need to understand as well. You can be a Christian and be born again and have the the spiritual seed of the kingdom on the inside and never see it fully manifest. And that brings you frustration because you sing on a Sunday, you know, I have the victory, I have the victory. And then yet on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, you're you don't. <laughs> you have the struggles and you have the pain and you have the the delay and you wonder why why aren't these keys to the kingdom working? Well, I'll tell you. Hosea says, my people die for lack of knowledge. 
Now that word knowledge is knowledge. It's the same word for light. When Paul says in Colossians, I've trans- God has transferred you from darkness to light, he's, he's using the words from ignorance to knowledge. You see, devil, the devil would love you to, to stay in ignorance. The devil is the prince of the kingdom of darkness, the prince of the kingdom of ignorance. He he wants people to be under a cloud. He wants people to not know who they are. We know the truth. And that truth is light. And that truth is life. And if you're a Christian, you are the truth. You are the light. That doesn't mean that you stand out necessarily uh, exclusively. It means that you have the knowledge that can set other people who are in ignorance, You, your knowledge can take them out of their ignorance. Your light can take them out of their darkness. Now, Jesus said to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and to beware of the yeast of Herod. So what Jesus, the word, the light, is saying is that the teachings of religion are going to take you out of the kingdom. The teachings of politics are going to take you out of the kingdom. To the and he calls it yeast. So, the more of the teaching and thinking of religion that you have in your life, the yeast of the Pharisees, the more of the teaching and the thinking of politics you have in your life, the 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 Herod, the less of the kingdom you're going to have. He said the kingdom is like seed. In other words, the kingdom is teaching. The kingdom is knowledge. The kingdom is yeast. The kingdom is a way of thinking. If you as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So that's why Jesus said you need your eyes to be opened. That's why Paul prayed, I pray that your heart would be enlightened to know the hope of your calling. Knowledge is there again, that you would know, that you would know, that you would know. So this battle that you're in, Christian, this the power that you want that you don't have in your life, the kingdom that you know you have that you just cannot grasp, the miracle signs and wonders that don't seem to be following you, and 20 years later in church, you haven't grown because the kingdom is within you. 1 John says you don't need anybody to teach you. Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Paul says in Romans 8, you you have all things. All things are yours, things present and things to come. Jesus and calls it the good news. Now, when you, All these things are true, but the reason you can't appropriate them is because of the yeast of the Pharisees that you've been taught week after week in, mel, in well-meaning churches. I'm not saying that your churches aren't saved. I'm not saying that your pastor is bad. I'm just saying that the devil has been threatened by the one thing that Jesus said that he would steal, and that's the kingdom seed. The devil doesn't mind if you preach about healing. The devil doesn't mind if you preach about Jesus. The devil doesn't mind if you preach about salvation. But the devil really, really, really doesn't want you to preach about the kingdom, because the kingdom is the only thing that will dethrone him. Think about it this way. You know, you can walk up to a non-Christian and pray for them to be healed, but the devil still has their soul. But if you preach the kingdom to that person and they become born again, then they get infected with the seed of the kingdom and that seed then takes over their whole life and then they become someone who bears fruit 30, 60 and 100 times. Let me explain to you, you are fruit. 
Have a look at a mango. Have a look at a um, a watermelon. Have a look at a an avocado. That's who you are. Jesus calls us fruit. Jesus calls us ripe for harvest. If you have a look at any piece of fruit, like a mango, like a banana, like an avocado, it has an outer shell that you don't eat. It's the part that everybody can visually see. The skin of an avocado is hard and it's um, you can feel it and it's green. I mean, as you remove that outer shell, let's call it the body, of the avocado, then inside the body, the next layer is the flesh that you can eat. The if you remove the skin of the of the mango, inside is this juicy, sweet, fragrance flesh of the avocado. And then inside the very center, the the last layer is the seed, which in an avocado is a big seed. In a mango, it's a big seed. In a watermelon, it's lots of little seeds. That's who you are. When people meet you, they meet your body, which is on the outside. They meet your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions on the inside. And they meet your spirit, which is on the inside even further, deeper still. Now, the way you're actually designed is to also have a covering of the glory of God over you. So in actual fact, you are the glory of God. You are a spirit that's wrapped in a soul that's wrapped in a body that's covered in the glory of God. I'm going to say it again. You are a spirit breathed by God. You are a soul. You are a body, but you're also wrapped in the glory of God. And there's an anointing on you. So when people receive you and and they receive your body, they see your body, they see your eye contact, you have a conversation with them, you sit down with them, they meet your soul, they see your personality, they see your attitude, your character, um, what you're interested in, the type of music you like, your your mood. And then they also receive the deepest part, which is your spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in your spirit. And so they actually receive Jesus. That's why Jesus made disciples. He spent time with those 12 disciples. He shat with them. He would have had to dig a hole. Jesus Christ would have had to dig a hole and poo in the ground. And who knows, maybe Peter and John, you know, buried it. They had to to wee and, and piss on a tree together. They they ate together. They slept together. What am I saying? I'm saying that Jesus gave his whole self. He even said, eat my body, drink my blood. Paul was exactly the same. Paul did life with Timothy. He said, imitate me. What I'm saying is when you understand the kingdom, you will understand all other things. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable of the kingdom, which was the sowing of the seed, which I talked about, and the devil stealing the seed then you won't understand anything else. You won't understand. He says in Matthew 13, the secrets of the kingdom have been given to you. I'll say it again. The secrets of the kingdom have been given to you. Let me explain it this way. Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Ask what? For the kingdom. (laughs) Knock and the door will be opened. What door? The kingdom door. Seek and you will find. Seek what? The kingdom Let me tell you, the kingdom will only be found by the violent. 
That's the violent who take the kingdom by force. And if you think about it, it wasn't easy to get saved in the sense that you had to probably get out of your comfort zone. You had to probably go to the front of the altar at church and, and put your hand up when you were embarrassed. Maybe you fell into sin at some point in your Christian life, but you're here today because you went and told somebody and said, hey, I've been suffering in this area. Could you please pray for me? The kingdom requires violence. Even when you've, if you've ever healed anybody in terms of a miracle, if you've ever prayed for somebody, cast out a demon, shared your faith and seen God move, you will know and, and agree with me and reflect back that that required an act of boldness. Let me tell you, every time the kingdom advances will require an act of boldness. It's an act of boldness to, to get saved. It's an act of boldness to go into the throne of God and pray. It says in Hebrews, we go into the throne of God with boldness. It's an act of boldness to go and tell somebody about Jesus. It's an act of boldness. You've got to cross over a threshold. And it's in that crossing over where your spirit goes through your soul and through your body and plants itself on the earth. God says he wants to plant the heavens on the earth. God is looking for a people, not a religious people. He loves those people, but they're trapped in their mind. The kingdom is trapped inside their spirit, soul, body because it's not coming out. They sit in church week after week, but they don't. the kingdom never comes out. Jesus said that it's from your belly that the rivers of living waters will flow. So if the rivers of living waters are in your belly and they're not flowing, that means there's a blockage, yeah? It means that the, the river needs to come from your spirit, which has communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It needs to break through the breakwaters of your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, your mind locks up the kingdom. Your soul, your will locks up the kingdom. Your emotions lock up the kingdom. That's why, you know, he's the lover of our soul. As we worship him, as we pray in tongues, we're edified, we're sanctified. As we have fellowship with one another, it breaks down those barriers. As you read the word, which is the living word, which is the washing of the water of the word, it cleans you, it cleanses you. Your soul will start to get healed as brothers and sisters rebuke you and encourage you and prophesy and uplift you and as you do life together and iron sharpens iron your soul gets healed and suddenly your mind will and emotions start to say yes to God they start to say yes to the things of God you start to value the kingdom of God and then it can break through your body as well and it's only after that point and there's no steps to this what I'm saying is if you seek first the kingdom of God you will find it it's in the Bible. Uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So what I'm saying is seeking first the kingdom of God means making it a priority. If there's a person who's sick and you're seeking first the kingdom of God, you will pray for them. But if there's a person who's sick and you're seeking first your own protection, your own safety, your own comfort, your own image, you know, you've got fear of man there, you won't pray for them. And I'm convicted by that because I don't always, you know, obey the Holy Spirit in the moment. But I really believe that there's an opportunity for us to seek first the kingdom, which is more than just putting the priority of the kingdom above our own priority. As Jesus said, you have to deny yourself and, and die to yourself and follow him. But it's also about understanding what it means to seek first the kingdom. Seeking first the kingdom is seeking first the increase of the government that's on his shoulders. A king wants their territory to expand. Jesus wants 
everyone on earth to know him. And so if we're valuing his kingdom first, then we're also valuing the increase of his government. What that means is you are a self-governing human being. You have a spirit, a soul, and a body, and you are governed by the Holy Spirit to the extent that you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. So in other words, you're being led by the Spirit of God, proving that you're a son of God, making known to the principalities and powers the mysteries of God, all creation crying out for the sons of God to be revealed, and they say, here you are, there's one, I can see one. There's a son of God being revealed. And as you govern yourself under the government of God, whoa, here it is, then you can lead other people to govern themselves. In other words, you lead them to Christ, you teach them about the kingdom, you teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded. There's a point, church, when we have to obey Jesus. There's a point where we have to obey him. He says to wash each other's feet. Why aren't we doing that? You know, I did it once at Melbourne North in a, a church I was leading for four or five years, and um, and there's still a seed there that God's going to plant. But but we washed everyone's feet. You know, why aren't we doing communion? Why aren't we sharing our faith in the streets? Why aren't we preaching the gospels? We we need to be obeying His word, and we need to be teaching others to obey His word. So I just want to bless you, church. The, the other thing is, you know, we, we can't tolerate sin. Jesus loved people. He accepted the sinner, yes, but he called them to repentance. If you are light and if you have knowledge and you don't share that knowledge with other people, then isn't that sin to you? You know, if someone, if a brother is sinning and you don't tell them because you want to love them, then that's not love. You know, don't Bible bash them. But you need, and I'm not saying that you need to go on Facebook and, and be the police. What I'm saying is you have the light of God. And if you see someone in darkness, just know that that darkness is going to be trying to kill them. You know, if someone's practicing homosexuality and, and they're your friend, you know, yes, love them, accept them, accept who they're presenting themselves as, but you know the truth. You know who they really are. You know who God's saying that they are. You know, go before the throne of God, lift up that person in the throne of God and say, Father, I bring to you this brother or sister of mine or my, my friend or my colleague and I lift them up to you and I thank you, Jesus, that this is not who they really are. And Lord, and I just thank you. Give me the eyes to see how you see them. God, and I just lift up this sin in their life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring conviction to this person. And then you just be their friend. And as they eat you, as they receive your body, your soul, and your spirit, they're going to also receive the Spirit of God. They're going to also receive the seed of the kingdom. Now, you may need to sh shake the dust off your feet at a certain point in time and move on, like Jesus said. Okay, It's not your responsibility what they do with the seed, but it is your responsibility to sow it. Let me help you here. What, what is evangelism? Evangelism isn't preaching come to church. It isn't preaching Jesus. Did you notice Jesus with the 70 when he sent them out two by two? He didn't tell them to go preach himself. He said, go and preach the kingdom of God has come. Go and heal the sick. Go and raise the dead. And those 70 went out and they, they didn't say, what did they say? They didn't say, hey, hey guys, Jesus is in this other town over here in Galilee. Would you like to come and hear Jesus? No. They said, here I am. Here we are. And here's the kingdom. Have a taste. 
So what you're meant to do is sow the kingdom, guys. Don't sow church, Christianity, or yourself. Sow the kingdom. Speak the kingdom to people. Share the light of God. Tell them they are a son of God, made in the image of God, born to rule and reign. Hindu and Muslim and Christian alike, atheist and everybody alike, sinner and saint alike, are called by God to to rule this earth and not to rule other people, but to live in dominion over the plants and the seas and our over, over all of our circumstances and to bring this earth into the order of God. It says in you know, Revelation chapter 5 that there's judgment for those who destroyed the earth. We're actually meant to manage the resources of earth, but we do it from heaven, which is where we are seated in the spirit realm, in relationship with Christ, who is in our spirit man, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, through our body, so we're a gateway, we're a gateway, we have, just like in the movie Thor, you've got that guy upstairs looking through the eye, and then shoom, he sends someone down through that portal. You and I are sitting in heaven right now with Jesus Christ in the throne room. We have a place among those who stand there in Zechariah chapter 3. We will judge the angels, right? That's who we are. We do have the power to forgive sin. I have the power to forgive sin sin. I have the power to lock up heaven. God has legally removed himself from being able to interfere in the earth. God has legally removed himself from being able to interfere in the earth. He chose to only implement his strategy on earth through man. It is in Genesis, it's in Revelation, and it will always be that way. Man was not created for heaven. Angels were created for heaven. Man was created for the earth. Man was created on the earth. Man has never fell from heaven. Man came out of the dust of the earth. And in Revelation, man will will remain on the earth. Heaven is a temporary occupation for man. Earth was man's beginning and earth is going to be man's end. And in eternity, man is going to be on earth with God. So God has always wanted to rule earth through man. We are God men. We represent God on the earth. You, when Jesus said, move the mountain, he's saying, he says, actually, technically, when you have the faith of God and say to this mountain, be removed, it will be removed. My interpretation of that is when you are God to the mountain, it will obey you. When you are God to the earth, it will obey you. When you are God to the water, it will go hard so you can walk on it. When you are God to that demon, it'll leave. Be God. He's, I want you to be God, Jesus is saying. I want you to be God over your life. I want you to be God over your circumstances. I want you to be God. Psalm 82 verse 6, Jesus quotes in John ten thirty four, and he says, Did I not say you are God's? Have a look for yourself. We're not God with a capital G. We're God with a little g. He is the king of us kings. He is the Lord of us lords. And we will reign with him forever. And yes, we throw our crowns down and say, Jesus, we are not worthy. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't even see. I didn't even know I was blind, but you gave me eyes to see. You gave me a heart to know you. You gave me the desire to know you. Like Jesus said, you know, you said, seek my face. And my heart responded, your face, God, I will seek. So we are totally dependent on God. But I'm calling you, church, to join me in this Melbourne underground church.com melbourneundergroundchurch.com we're running this church like a, a secret ministry yes it's invitation only meetings because it's not for it's like the new testament church peter knocked on the door and they didn't even let him in so we are going to have revival in this city we're going to have revival in this city and you're invited to to join me on melbourne 
undergroundchurch.com. And we're going to start with, you know, connect groups and sell groups, and it's going to be invitation only. No, We're not going to advertise any, um, you know, locations, but we will invite you uh, via SMS to these secret meetings. It's not... <laughs> The kingdom is open to everybody, but this our church isn't, okay? Our church is invited for those who will seek first the kingdom of God because we are wanting to actually fulfill the Great Commission. We don't want to waste any more time. We actually want to send people to the ends of the earth. And I'm not going to do it on my own, but we as a city in Melbourne are a birthplace for the final harvest of Christ that will see Him come back. Like Noah, Bible said that it was the moment that Noah closed the door of the ark that he released the rain. The Bible says God waited for Noah to finish the ark before it rained. And in the, and Jesus refers to this in the end times in Matthew 24 and around there. And he says, as it was with Noah, so it shall be with the return of the coming of the Son of Man. What he's saying is when the church has finally shut the door on the Great Commission, I am coming back. Now, nobody knows the day or the hour, but I know forensically, objectively, you know, explicitly that the when the church finally preaches the kingdom of God, not salvation, not church, but when the church finally preaches the one true gospel of the kingdom of God, to everybody on the planet, Jesus is going to come back. So we can sit at home and say, come Lord Jesus, or we can actually do it. And so I'm starting by the Spirit of God. I'm starting this church and He is going to bring the gathering. He is going to bring the people. He is going to bring the finances. He is going to anoint my words. And I'm saying, if you would come and follow me, by following me, you're following Christ. Come and follow me and receive the power and the anointing to actually bring the kingdom to pass, to actually bring the kingdom to earth, where we don't tolerate religion and we don't tolerate politics, but where we say the kingdom is at hand. End of story. The kingdom is now. End of story. It's the kingdom, everything, all things are ours, things present and things to come. We're not waiting for Sunday. We're not waiting for Monday. We're not waiting for our pastor to pat us on the back. We're not waiting for anything. We are the salt and we are the light. And I want you to subscribe to these podcasts and to the newsletter that's going to be coming out through MelbourneUndergroundChurch.com. The website may not be live yet. And that is going to be your portal. And I'm inviting you also to tithe. Okay, one. Uh, my tithe is one percent. Okay, now I don't actually believe that tithing is 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 a New Testament um, thing um, at all. Although Jesus, you know, said we should. Yeah, in the New Testament, everything is ten x. But I'm not asking you to tithe because I've come up with a, a figure of fifteen dollars a week. So fifteen dollars a week is is like a one percent tithe. Um, and I'm wanting people to, to pay for a subscription to this Melbourne underground church. And what it means is you're going to be, your heart is going to be connected where your money goes. You're going to be, and you will be able to receive and you'll get the text messages. You'll get the newsletter. You'll get the location. Um, you'll get a phone call from me. And, and I believe that I'm going to be a covering for you. The Holy Spirit is going to come through me and through you. And he's going to start this, this apostolic 
network of churches. I don't have all the details yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together, I've got to put together a board of elders and a whole bunch of stuff and God's already given me a few names. But what it is, you can still go to your church on a Sunday. You can still tithe to your church. But I'm wanting to, to set this really low bar, just $15 a week. If you're on a, a $1,500 a week uh, income, then that's, that's 1%. So it's much, much, much lower than a tithe. You know, most people are tithing six hundred a month, so this is sixty bucks a month, and I just feel like it's it's fifteen dollars. You you join with me. The money that comes in is going to be to to build this Melbourne Underground Church network, um, and to see the end time harvest of Jesus Christ. Um, and so I'm actually putting the vision out there. We're going to have a thousand churches in Melbourne. A thousand churches in Melbourne. No one's going to know where they are. They're not going to be in big buildings. There's going to be a thousand churches now. Whether each church is two people meeting together praying, maybe one of the, maybe the churches are, are twenty people, but but we're looking at somewhere between you know two thousand and and fifty thousand people in the city of Melbourne who are going to be coming under this kingdom mandate of God. And I believe I'm just one of the forerunners. I believe I'm one of the pioneers. There are going to be hundreds of these underground churches all around the world. It's the same as China. You know, yeah, they have the government-sanctioned churches where you can go, and I don't know whether the kingdom is there or whether that's just a form of godliness and denying its power. And it's the same in—look, it's actually the same in Melbourne. There's persecution for the kingdom in Melbourne. There's persecu—you can't say somebody—you can't say that it's not okay to be gay anymore. You know, you can't say that uh, that abortion's wrong anymore. You know, and the, the churches. You know the you know the the so-called government-sanctioned churches. You know they might be doing some good work, but there are a lot of churches where it's okay to be gay and it's okay to have an abortion, and they have gay priests. And that is, I'm sorry, that is not the kingdom of God. And I'm inviting you to come alongside me as an ambassador of the kingdom, where if people ask you about these things, say, well, you know, I love gay people, but my government. My government's position on homosexuality is that it's not okay. Okay, but so we're actually ambassadors and we are presenting the kingdom of God. As an ambassador of our kingdom, we represent his kingdom. We don't, we're not living our own lives. We're not sharing our own opinions, but we're sharing the opinion of the kingdom. And I'm inviting you to join with me in this network of churches in Melbourne. And, and you know, as it grows, who knows, we may end up, you know, buying a building and doing stuff like that as well. Um, but for right now, I'm inviting you to join me. This Kingdom Dynamics podcast is one of the platforms for this Melbourne Underground Church movement. Invite people to sign up. Invite people to join. If you want to just listen for free, that's fine. And, you know, if you want to keep going to your own church, that's fine. Um, but if you want to join with me and really connect with what God's doing, and and if you know if you really want the power of God to to flow through, I believe that there's there's a there's an impartation and a connection, like Oral Roberts said, you know it's a point of faith contact to give that fifteen dollars a week, and to receive from me and from God everything that He's doing through this apostolic movement.